everyone, and welcome back for season two of Animal Wise. We're so happy to have you with us. I'm Lauren McCall, podcaster, author, teacher, and founder of the Lauren McCall Animal Communication Academy. And I'm Bertha Eddington, also a podcaster, digital marketing professional, and more. And together we welcome you to Animal Wise, the podcast where from playful to profound, Animal Wise brings animal wisdom to your world. Lauren, uh, I've heard you talk about the fact that most animals have jobs within their families or they want to have a job. What, what do you mean by animals having jobs? Yeah, you know, I just love this topic. I find it fun and interesting to hear what animals who live with people consider their role to be within the family or household. Okay, so besides being the best food moochers in the world and the <laughs> pathetic eyes they give you as you're eating something, mm-hmm. what, what types of jobs do animals assign themselves? Well, it's interesting. Now, um, I teach animal communication all over the world, and usually when I ask my students, what kind of jobs can you think of that an animal might have? The first answer I get is like some sort of protection that would be offered by a dog, such as guarding the house or a person. And a lot of dogs do feel that it is part of their role to bark at people walking by the house or barking at the delivery or mail person. And of course, the barking and sense of a job well done gets reinforced because the dog barks and the person goes away. <laughs> the dog, of course, doesn't really know that the delivery person or the jogger would have left anyway. So I think that that's one obvious example of a job, the protector idea. But really, there are many others. Um, I have spoken to animals who work to cheer up their depressed or stressed out people. Uh, one rabbit told me that she acts silly when her mom comes home from work to make her happy. Yeah. Or um, animals who say that they are companions to an elder person or someone who might otherwise feel lonely or lacking in affection. And I also remember a conversation with a golden retriever who lived with a family that did quite a bit of um, dog foster and rescue work. And the golden felt that it was his job to be the family ambassador and welcome the new dogs into the house and explain the rules. So see, there are so many different kinds of jobs. Yes, and I I can really relate to that. I I remember coming home to my beautiful white shepherd and he was always so happy to see me that it made me feel better. He was acting like he won the lottery and I I Mm -hmm. was it. So it's just, that was a wonderful thing. So that's one kind of job, at least I considered it a job. But there are other specialty trained animals, correct? Um, What we refer to as service animals, like guide dogs for the blind, I think that we're all familiar with. Are there other types of service animals? Actually, you know, um, this would be a great place to clarify the difference between animal-assisted therapy and service animals. So there are many different species of therapy or sometimes their emotional support animals, um, like, you know, dogs and cats, sure, but also rabbits, birds, 
pigs, llamas, guinea pigs, horses, and on it goes. And their job is to interact with people to provide comfort and affection. So they can be found all over the world with their human handlers visiting schools, hospitals, elder care homes, and so on. Um, in, in the United States, we have something called the Americans with Disabilities Act, uh, which is a, a very wonderful piece of legislation. Uh, and they define service animals as service animals must be individually trained to perform active work or tasks for an individual with a disability. And animals that provide emotional support or comfort through their presence alone are not considered service animals. So having said that, the, the, that distinction between service and um, comfort, emotional support, or therapy animals, um, you know, having said that, from the animal's perspective, they don't make these distinctions. If they think that helping someone is their job, then that's it. Service, support, therapy, to them, helping is helping. Yeah, and I can definitely see that. I do know that there is a bit of controversy these days about comfort animals, um, especially when people bring them to public places, um, on planes, etc., where animals are not normally allowed. Um, but for today, I'm interested in hearing more about the true, quote-unquote, service-trained animals. So are there different types of services? Um, yeah, there are. And, and I thought it would be interesting to hear from a formally trained service dog to kind of get their perspective on it. So today, I'm going to share a conversation with a hearing dog named Hallelu, which mm -hmm. is short for Hallelujah, I understand, uh, who lives with her family, lives and works with her family in Japan. Uh, Hallelu is a Labrador. Uh, about five years old, and apparently has worked with her deaf person for about two years. Wow. I, I Like I mentioned, I've heard of guide dogs for the blind, but hearing dogs is a new one to me. Oh, it's such a wonderful uh, program. So, you know, hearing dogs are specially trained to alert their deaf or hard of hearing person to sounds like doorbells, washing machines, um, ringing phones, alarm clocks, children crying, things like that. And it's interesting, uh, one of the reasons I really like this conversation is that Hallelujah um, started out as a guide dog for the blind, uh, was in training for guide dogs for the blind, and didn't do very well in that training program for whatever reason, and then went on into hearing dog training where she clearly did well. And so while every dog is different, I found that my conversation with Hallelujah was a good representation of the attitudes and perspectives that I've heard before from different kinds of service dogs. Mm. So yeah. can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And so just a quick note before I read this conversation, um, Hallelujah in the conversation references another dog named Ami. And Ami is 14 years old and is the retired hearing dog that Hallelu replaced in the family. 
Ami still lives with the family and is a wonderful dog. I had a, an opportunity to meet her in Tokyo a few years ago. Okay, so let's get into the conversation. Um, I introduced myself to Holly Lou and I explained why I was talking to her today, that I was interested in her and her work. Holly Lou replied to me, Hey, if I could talk to my mom like this, telepathically, my job would be even easier. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's very true. But the way that you work together now is wonderful, too. Holly Lou said, I think so. I said, I'd like to talk about your job, if you don't mind. But first, your mom has a couple of questions she wanted me to ask, okay? Holly Lou said, yeah, why not? I said, first, do you have any back issues or any pain? Holly Lou said, not much. I do get muscle tension sometimes. I take my job seriously, and I can become intense within myself. I said, so your muscles tighten then, is that right? She said, yes, mostly in my neck, but I can experience stiffness down my back. It isn't a big problem, but when I move sometimes, I get twinges. I asked, is it getting worse? She said, no, kind of the same. I said, well, what can we do to help you? Hallelujah replied, not much. I find that if I flip over on my back, it helps. I said, okay. So when we walk, do you prefer to go on your own or with Ami? Hallelujah replied, Ami can be a little slower, uh, but of course this isn't a race. I don't mind if we can do it both ways. But the walk time alone gives me a chance to be alone with my people. Ami has been a great teacher, though, mm. so helpful and supportive. But sometimes it's nice for me to be able to walk alone and just do my work. I said, all right. So sometimes you want to work with Ami, walk with Ami, and sometimes without. Is that so? Hallelujah said, yes. That's good for me, and for Ami too, I think. I said, perfect. So, Hallelujah, please tell me, how do you see your job? Hallelujah replied, teamwork. I am a team with my mom. Functioning in the world is difficult and complex, even more so if you cannot see, hear, or move normally. I think how we view the world comes through our senses. I gather information on my environment and what is happening with my nose, what my paws feel on the ground, my ears, and my eyes. I have many ways to take in events around me. I can only imagine that if I were to lose any one of those senses, Parts of that incoming flow of information would be disrupted or stop. Of course, I would have use of other senses. But my job is to replace the sense that is lost for the person as I am my mom's ears. 
I said, that's great. But you can't convey to your mom what you hear. Hallelujah said, no, that's true. So I interpret the sounds of things, like phone rings, in a way that she knows something is happening. I said, that's where your training comes in. Hallelujah said, absolutely. I was trained to listen for sounds and then how to convert that information into an action that mom understands. I said, thank you for clarifying that. Did you enjoy the training? Hallelujah said, mostly yes. I like to use my brain and learn, so that was good. But I think it's pretty serious training. It helps to understand why we do things. Do you mean, I asked, why you do aspects of the training or understand the job as a whole? Hallelujah said, well, the job. You see, unless we dogs clearly understand the overall purpose, when the training is hard or boring or routine, then it is hard to stay motivated. I said, right. Otherwise, you, the dog, don't know what you're working towards. Hallelujah said, correct. I said, you did go through some other training for people who can't see. She replied, uh-huh. That was even more intense. I think more physical, too. I said, physically demanding, you mean? Hallelujah said, right. Same issue, too. Not knowing what the end goal is. Just work, work, without knowing why. I said, what or how do you think people can help dogs better understand why they are undergoing training? Hallelujah said, I admit that unless you can talk like this, it's not so simple. So you just need to talk to all the dogs. <laughs> you <I> personally. Said, <laughs> yes. I said, sadly, that isn't possible. Any other ideas? She said, I suppose then it's important to focus on the relationship with people. You can train the signals and responses, but you can't train the relationship, the team aspect. That's a personal connection. It creates unspoken understanding and creates in the dog the desire to want to help. Sure, this is a job, but a job that I want to do as well as a job that I need to do. I said, is there anything else about being a hearing dog you would like to share with me? She said, my job and my love for my family and my mom are interwoven in everything I do. I believe it is that combination of love and dedication that creates a successful partnership. I said, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I know your mom loves you very much. Hallelujah said, thank you and goodbye. So there you have it. Yeah, what what an awesome conversation and very enlightening um, as well. I, from a human perspective, mine, I find it particularly interesting that Hallelujah points out that it helps to understand the bigger picture, um, the ultimate purpose of what you are trying to accomplish in order to get through the more mundane or difficult parts of the work. I, I know we all work and we all have parts that we don't like necessarily to do. 
but it's a good reminder for all of us that if we keep our eyes on the prize, we'll have to keep moving. Oh, absolutely. And I also, absolutely. And I love the kind of teamwork and relationship aspect of Hallelujah's perspective. Um, I know that the humans who have service animals feel like um, teamwork and emotional attachment. I know they feel those very keenly, and it's nice to hear the animals do too. Yes, and, and what a wonderful topic to explore. It makes me realize that there are so many types of service animals. You know, and you hear about cadaver dogs, um, dogs trained to find drugs, and, and so much more. What an incredible gift our animal friends are. Yes, in so many ways. <laughs> yes, it, it's it's amazing. And I, I'm thinking, too, of the service animals that help our um people in the military and how attached they get to them. And it's, it's re- remarkable, the gift yeah. that we have. Yes, it them. is. Yes, it is. Well, thank you all today for listening to Animal Wise. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard and want to hear more. Please do subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform from Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And tell your friends, family, and even perfect strangers, if you will, And if your podcast app takes reviews and you like what you've heard, please leave us a review. It really helps. And we appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. 